Introduction to the Tanya number two, in advance of the 19th of Kislev and the start of the new cycle of studying Tanya. What is the historical context that led the Alter Rebbe to write the book of Tanya? The Torah given to us by God contains two components, the revealed Torah and the hidden Torah. The revealed Torah was transmitted beginning with Moses in an organized manner from teacher to student, from generation to generation. The revealed Torah contains two parts, the written Torah as transcribed by Moses by the word of God and the oral Torah. Alongside the written Torah, God provided elucidation. Moses transmitted these explanations to his disciple Joshua, who became the next leader after Moses' passing. Joshua transmitted these teachings to the elders of his generation, who became the teachers of the next generation. And so the process continued generation after generation, uninterrupted, until times became troubled and the sages realized that the oral teachings were at risk of being forgotten. In the first century, after the Common Era, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi wrote the Mishnah, a concise summary of the Oral Torah. Over the next few hundred years, the sages compiled the Talmud, which expanded upon the Mishnah, completing it in the 4th century. The following generations of Torah scholars composed additional works of clarification and elucidation on the Talmud. All these holy books are part of the revealed Torah. The hidden Torah, too, was transmitted generation after generation from Moses until the times of the Talmudic sage, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He authored the fundamental Kabbalistic work known as the Zohar and taught it to his disciples. The Zohar continued to be quietly taught to a few select individuals, and so this part of the Torah remains hidden. About 450 years ago, in the city of Tzfat in Israel, the Arizal and other Kabbalists began openly teaching the Zohar, although still only to a select few. The Baal Shem Tov lived in the Subcarpathian mountain region about 300 years ago. He founded a new school of Kabbalistic thought. He took lofty Kabbalistic concepts and taught how they apply to the soul of each person. He made Kabbalah personal and began teaching it to the masses. The Baal Shem Tov lived at a low point in history for the Jewish people. It was just a few short decades after the Chmelnitsky pogroms in the years 1648 and 49 killed over 100,000 Jews across the Polish-Lithuanian kingdom. Whole communities were destroyed, thousands of children were left parentless, and the social Jewish infrastructure collapsed. There was no one to educate the children, and masses of people grew up unable to read and write or learn Torah. Understandably, the spiritual state of the Jewish people was depressed. The Baal Shem Tov began awakening the people from this spiritual faint that they found themselves in, rejuvenating them with inspiration and spiritual connection that even the most unlearned and simple among them could appreciate. The Baal Shem Tov had 60 close disciples who worked to disseminate his teachings. After his passing, one of his senior disciples, the Magad of Mizrich, became the next leader of the Hasidic movement. The Magad of Mizrich, too, had a circle of close disciples. The youngest and yet the most distinguished was Rabbi Shneir Zaman of Liadi from the White Russia area. When he was just 19 years old, he was already famous as a Torah scholar and genius. Rabbi Shneir Zaman's brilliance extended to all areas of Jewish thought. He authored the Shulchan Aruch Harav, a text of practical Jewish law that combines halachic conclusion and instruction with the Kabbalistic ideas introduced by his teachers, the Baal Shem Tov and the Magad of Mizrich. He organized and formatted it without legalese and debate, but rather in an easy-to-access and understandable format, like a user-friendly manual. It is called the Shulchan Aruch, which means a set table, because anyone can readily find the answers to their halachic questions, similar to the way you can walk into a fast-food restaurant and quickly begin eating because the food is already prepared and the table is already set. 
Rabbi Schneir Zalman's Magnus Opum, however, is the book that he referred to as Lekote Amarim, a collection of sayings. This book is a compilation of the advice he had shared with thousands of his followers across Russia, Lithuania, Ukraine, and Belarus, who had sought guidance on spiritual growth, connection to God, and self-improvement. This is the book that we affectionately call the Tanya. Rabbi Schneir Zalman, also known as the Alter Rebbe, presents us with Hasidic concepts like a mother spoon-feeding her child soft pureed food that is easy to swallow. This method allows even those unfamiliar with Kabbalah to understand and gain from these lofty and intense teachings. The Alter Rebbe firmly believed that every Jew is capable of understanding concepts about godliness and using these ideas as a foundation to build a firm and loving relationship with God. Many of his colleagues disagreed with his methodology, but the Alter Rebbe strongly defended his approach. In the next segment, we'll see what he explained to his opponents. Have a wonderful day.